You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Behind the Bliss podcast for only a few more weeks. (laughs) I just said it. Um, Spoiler alert. Things are changing around here. But don't freak out. Like the content, still the same. Premise, still the same. Faith-based, absolutely. Just like doing a little bit of a refresh, if you will. And I'm so excited for all the things to come. So here, you heard it here first. Big things to come. If you want to be in the know, like in the actual know where you you hear more things than anybody else, all the good, the bad, the ugly of my personal life, professional things, like all of it, then I would love for you to join us as an Instagram insider. Super easy. I don't know if you've seen this, but Instagram now offers a subscription model for followers of different people. So you as a follower can come alongside me as an insider slash subscriber and get inside content like giveaways, extra reels, lives, posts, encouragement, stories, all of the fun things. And a lot of that is me spilling secrets (laughs) about my life, like I said, personal and professional. And there's a lot of fun things happening, changing, switching, pivoting around here at the podcast just to make this a better space for you. And I'm so excited about it and spilling all the details over there. So here are the details. It's $4.99 a month, which is just one coffee, like even a little bit of a coffee. It's like a portion of a coffee of the one I order at Starbucks at least. And for that amount, you can get the inside, all the information. So check that out. We'll add a link in our show notes for you to be able to head over there. But um, easiest way is just to head over to Instagram, go to my profile, which is at rachel.autry, click subscribe and you're in chick. We have a really fun group of girls. Um, I just love chatting with y'all and seeing all your fun comments and encouraging each other. We have some new moms. We have some people that are getting engaged. We have some single girlies that are just having fun. And we want to hear from all of you. This is a space for anybody and everyone. So just want to make sure that you knew that you were, of course, invited. I would love to have you over there. And that's where we're going to be spilling, like I said, all the details for things to come. Hey, we have a really fun show for you today. It is me catching you up on life, but also telling you five mind shifts that have totally changed the game for me. Because let's face it, life is busy for like all of us. For anyone, we have something going on, a new something we're overcoming, conquering a conflict (laughs) in the midst. It's just part of life. It's life's nature. And if you don't have something like that going on now, it's probably right around the corner. Like not to be a pessimist, just being a realist. It is it is right in front of you. So what are the different mind shifts that we can have in order to make sure that we're healthily thinking through life? And honestly, like giving me a better perspective. That's what these are doing for me. So I'm so excited to share them with you guys. But first, want to update you from the update that Thomas and I shared last week. Everyone is healthy. Oliver is almost back to normal. Speaking of Ollie, we went to the ENT today and oh my gosh, it broke my heart. So he was born with a tongue tie, like a very small tongue tie. Um, If you don't know what that is, it's like I'm lifting my tongue to try to explain it to you. There's like this thing, um, they call it a membrane and it is like the line of skin almost that connects your tongue to the bottom of your mouth. And if that's too far out. I don't know how to describe this. And all my ENT like friends slash nurses are laughing, I'm sure. But 
if it's too far out, it's hard to stick your tongue out of your mouth or lift to the roof of your mouth, which then makes nursing hard, eating hard, eventually speech difficult and can mess with like your dental structure. So it's kind of it's not a huge deal, but it needs to be fixed if you have one. So they check babies in the hospital. So if you're thinking, oh, my goodness, does my kid have one? They probably would have mentioned it to you in the hospital if he or she did. Um, They did not mention it to us about Maddox, our firstborn. He's almost two and he has one. No biggie because it didn't affect his nursing. He's eating well. He's speaking properly. So like they didn't say we need to address it. And they didn't even catch it or tell me about it till his first dentist appointment. (laughs) So anyways, they were like, just so you know, like if your first has it, just ask them about it for your second. And before I could even ask, they told me just so you know, Oliver has a tongue tie. So fast forward, we have this appointment for the ENT. We go in and it is at this children's hospital. And we actually missed our original appointment because we went to the actual children's hospital downtown. (laughs) Um, But it's one of their like satellite locations. Anyways, finally went today. Break my heart. So sad. He got the tongue tie cut. Ouch. I know. It sounds like traumatic. And they call it a procedure. So I'm like, please don't do that. Like, (laughs) please don't call it a procedure. But we got it cut. We are good. He is resting. He's a happy boy once again. So poor thing. He's been through the ringer. He's been through the ER, some viruses, all the things. Tongue tie, got it cut. Yikes. Anywho, um, Maddox is doing well, thriving, actually. He turns two in a few weeks. What the hecky? I can't believe it. If you haven't listened to the birth story of Maddox, there's that. I feel like birthdays, it's so funny because once I became a mom, I, like, I realized this. Birthdays are not only for the kid, it's also a birthday day for the mom. And so as the few weeks are coming up and I'm reflecting on his birthday and the birthday, I might even go back and listen to the birth story myself. So we'll link that in the show notes for you too if you wanted to go back and listen, if you're curious or snoopy or whatever. I love this podcast because it's totally for you, but it's also for me. And it's like an online journal, it feels like, where I get to girl chat with my friends, but I also get to encourage myself. So I'm totally going to go back and listen to Maddox's birth story in preparation. The past two years have been the slowest and the fastest all at the same time. Someone once told me like days are very long with kids, but the weeks are shorter, the months are shorter than that, and the years are like a blink of an eye. And it's true. Like the days, I feel like I look at my clock and it's 9-11 a.m. And then an hour later, I look at my clock and it's 9-13 a.m. And I'm like, how? I don't get it. Um, But here we are, two years later, absolutely wild. I'm really excited to celebrate my little guy. We are throwing him a birthday party and I am unashamedly a Pinterest mom. Like that's totally fine. I Like I'll be the first to admit it. I don't care. I grew up with a Pinterest mom. Teresa did it big. Like we had the coolest birthday parties. We always had like fun snacks. She would make enough cool shapes. We celebrated April Fool's Day. Like we, we did the most growing up. And honestly, those are some of my best core memories. And so, like I said, unashamedly, a Pinterest mom. I feel like there's been hate towards Pinterest moms recently where it's like, Ugh, y'all are trying too hard. Or it's like you're shamed for yeah, putting in effort, anything more than the least. And I just want to say, like, if you want to be the mom that goes all out, that does the fun crafts, that has the cute Valentines, that throws the birthday parties with the balloon arches, like, go for it. Here's your permission. Like, freaking go for it. Celebrate to the max. Live life big. That's what I'm all about. Does this mean everyone needs to do the most? No. And the most, quote unquote, the most looks different for everybody. Like, 
the most to one person could be setting out um, like Uncrustables, peanut butter, jelly sandwiches, chip salsa at a local park. And if that's for you, that's amazing. The most for some people like myself looks like hosting something in my home and just throwing up a balloon arch and making it themed and there being like really thoughtful themed touches everywhere. Like that's what I like to do for the most. So just do the most, whatever it looks like to you. I just would hate to get to the end of like our childhood era like raising children, children, and think like, dang, I wish I would have, you know, like done more or shown up more, which I think is every parent's, of course, like first thought in their mind. But I don't want to not do it because I'm afraid of what people will think, I guess is my point. So going back to the birthday party, <laughs> we're throwing a birthday party for Maddox and it's going to be at our home. And we're so excited because he has like a lot of little friends now that he's in preschool and we have some incredible neighbors and other little boy moms that they're going to bring their boys and then families coming in. And we're throwing a Toy Story themed birthday. It's going to be like two infinity and beyond. Get it? That it's yeah, two, the number two. Yeah, we have a balloon arch. We're just going to do pizza and call it Pizza Planet. Like, it's going to be so fun. It's the most and the least at the same time. I have a friend who has a friend who has a um, bounce house. So we're going to have a bounce house there too. Anywho, we're just going to go all out because why not? And he's only two once. And um, Thomas will actually not be present on Maddox's actual birthday. And so we wanted to do something to be able to celebrate and Thomas feel included and all the things. Speaking of Thomas and Maddox's birthday, y'all, I don't know if you know this. I think we might've even mentioned it in one of the podcasts we did about a year ago. Thomas showed up to Maddox's one-year-old birthday party, which might I just remind you, we're from South Carolina. Like that's where our family is. We currently live in Birmingham. So last year we were in the middle, like in the transition of pilot training where we we were not living really anywhere. <laughs> so we went back home and celebrated in South Carolina with family. And so Thomas ended up flying out. He got off um, training enough to be able to make it a trip. So he came and joined us in South Carolina when he could. And as soon as he landed, y'all, he got the freaking stomach bug. And so he was yakking all day during Maddox's birthday. I felt awful because we had like childhood friends, college friends, high school friends, like everybody since it was our hometown (laughs) come to this birthday party. And Thomas was MIA or he was there and like green and keeping his distance. I feel so bad. (laughs) So hopefully this year is a redemption story. He can actually be present bodily but also physically and yes all the things like emotionally present and I'm just really stinking pumped I also anytime we like throw parties at our house I just get super excited but also anxious about the weather because it's March and so I feel like every other day it's raining here in Birmingham and it's either 80 degrees or it's 40 degrees I don't know if that's what's like where you live or if it's a southeast thing or a Birmingham like no clue but it is off the walls cray cray y'all like outside right now 60 beautiful except it's raining which makes it like cozy vibes but not the vibes we want for a birthday party especially if we're doing it outside so yeah kind of like hoping for the best there and today it's raining and we were actually driving. I was driving Maddox to school, to preschool and Oliver was in the back too. And it was raining and I had my hot coffee and my thermos in my hand. And we were listening to Russell Dickerson on the radio, which is mama's music and not toddler wheels on the bus music. And we had the two boys in the back and they were both happy at the same time. And I literally was like, whoa, this is stars aligned. This is an amazing moment. I'm going to soak it in. And sure enough, the whole 15 minute drive, it was 
peaceful, raining, hot coffee, Russell Dickerson, my own music, like no one sad or needing anything. And it was just a small little glimpse of how it's going to be again one day. But that was not, that's not how it always is. That's not at all. Um, Someone's asked me like recently, is the transition from zero to one or one to two hardest? And honestly, I think one to two has been so much easier than zero to one. Like zero kids to one kid like rocked my actual world. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know if I trusted myself. I didn't know if I had everything. I went from having all the freedom in the world to now like 100% being of service to another human that was like needing me 24-7. And so now going from one to two where I've like been able to nurture this kid and I know him and I know babies and I'm more confident in my mom gut Two, I'm like, okay, well, we already have, like, I already don't have my alone time unless I make it happen. And I already don't really have a ton of freedom and my days are already like, you know, full of fun kid stuff. Like what's another kid. So the transition from one to two has totally been easier in my opinion. So hopefully this like hugs the mom who's listening that has one and is struggling. Like, if you want to go for two, do it. Like it's, it's like ripping a bandaid off compared to like the first. Okay. It's so much easier. Um, with that being said, I feel like I'm a lot less stressed about nap times and like sleep and all that now, especially because like I said, like when Maddox would sleep and it was just Maddox here, then I got my my own time. And when he woke up, I kind of started getting like stressed a little bit and obsessive almost about it because I was like, you're ruining my alone time, you know, which is sad because like, of course, I spent love to spend time with him, but mom needs alone time. But now that I have two, I don't really stress about anybody's sleep because like I haven't gotten to the point where they both are like asleep at the same time, except they are right now, which is why I'm hanging out with you. Anyways, um, yeah, so that's like the whole update for mom life kid life. Um, Thomas is doing great. He's actually flying right now. He's in the sky and yeah, we're having a great time. Like things are chaos, messy, hard, beautiful, the best, the worst, all at the same time. And we don't really know how we feel about it, but we are just leaning in, hugging each other tight, learning how to love this new life and adjusting to the new normal, which I think is just like I said, the very beginning, that's all of us. We all have something that we're adjusting to. So we are in it with you, sister. So the five mindsets, this is the perfect intro because the five mindsets that I'm going to talk about today have been either ones that I've carried into motherhood and I like kind of knew before or I was raised on, but some of them are new to me that have been changing the game just with all of the change and things shifting and happening around me. It's been nice to have some consistencies um, and like having these these different things like perspectives, I guess is how you could call them, have freed me up mentally in areas that I really need some freedom. So without further ado, I'm just going to go right into them because they're really, they're really good. Um, Okay. First, and this is easy, but just like one thing at a time. I feel like whenever I get overwhelmed, it's because I'm seeing all the things in front of me that are just a lot. Like I'm, I'm seeing the entire to-do list rather than just covering up everything and looking at one item at a time. And one item at a time is the best way to do things. Like if you've heard, how do you eat an elephant, which is actually like, this is an awful analogy. It's just like one bite at a time. 
And it's true for anything. So, for example, I was um, getting really overwhelmed at night after putting the boys down coming downstairs, especially, especially those 10 days where Thomas was gone. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the episode last week with Thomas because yowzers. It was quite an introduction to solo parenting with two under two. So I would get the boys down, come downstairs. And all you want to do at that point is veg. Like, let me pop my kettle corn. Let me sit on the couch, turn on the show that I'm trying to catch up on. And I, that, that, that's like all I really wanted. Put on my fuzzy socks. But I came down to a tornado of a house because like we just are trying to survive over here. So there's toys everywhere. There's, you know, like dinner that's still across the counter on the stovetop, whatever. Um, you know, there's the mail that needs to be checked and opened and sorted. There's the trash that needs to be taken out. Like you get the gist because, I mean, this is your life too. You get it. And I just like yeah, especially when I was alone, just started getting very overwhelmed with it coming back downstairs. So I've implemented something that I've known for a long time, but just need to be reminded of one thing at a time. So I would go around the house and I would collect all the dishes and all the dishes I would put in the sink. I wouldn't rinse them. I wouldn't do anything. I would just would put them all in the sink. Okay. So step one, collect the dishes. Step two, was then just to like collect all the toys. So we're starting big and then we're getting small. So I'd collect all the toys and I would put them back in the playroom or in this big basket that we have in the living room, which I highly recommend. Like if you don't have a playroom area, just go grab a really cute large wicker basket or even a hamper and just throw all the toys in there. And then when they wake up in the morning, they can dump them out, make a big mess, whatever, like let them be a kid. But then at nighttime, when you just want to put away the dump trucks and you don't want to see any more like Legos or building blocks, you can just throw them all in a hamper. So this has helped me a lot. So I collect all the toys, put them in a hamper or in the basket or the playroom, wherever they belong. And then um, I kind of start like dwindling. So I go back to the kitchen. I'm like, okay, here are the dishes. Now we rinse or we load or we hand wash or whatever. And I just do all the dishes. Then I put away the food. Then I walk right down the counters. Like I don't try to tackle like each individual dish. I try to do one big task at a time. And that has helped me like declutter so much more quickly. It's helped me manage things so much easier. It's helped me delegate. So like when Thomas is home, he's like, hey, what do you need me to do? I'm like, okay, instead of us both doing the dishes, which like we sometimes do, I'm like, how about you do toys and I'll do dishes? Like it's just easier to delegate. Anyways, one thing at a time. You get the gist. Um, Like this also works with laundry, with really any chores, especially with admin work. Like if you're checking an email, just check your email. And if there's something that needs to be addressed outside of email, like have a notepad or an, a, like a, something open where you can type it out, write it down, another little task. So it's like you answer your emails and then you go from emails to whatever. Because if you don't and you're like me, you see an email, which leads you to a different bunny trail. And then 20 minutes later, you realize, shoot, I never finished answering my emails. So one thing at a time, friends, and this applies to pretty much everything. This is like a, another tangent of this, which makes a lot of sense to me, is choose a top two. So in the moments where, let's say, it has just been a day. Okay, I'm going to continue with the whole like solo parenting, come downstairs, I'm overwhelmed. Okay, so it's just been a day and I see all the toys and I see all the dishes and I know the trash has to be taken out and I know the mail has to be sorted through and I have emails or texts that I need to respond to before I can like close my eyes and I'm overwhelmed and I look at all of it and I think, what are the two things, like just picking two, that like need 
to get done. Not want to get done, but need to get done. And a lot of times that's, okay, I really do need to send this email or I do need to put this thought to rest by answering this question or this text. Um, or, you know what, the morning is going to be a little nuts. So I need to make sure the dishes are done so that the sippy cups are clean. You know, something like that. Like, what are the two things you need to do? The toys, technically, they could wait. They could they could sleep on the floor. They don't have to be in the basket. The mail, like, it'll still be in the mailbox. Okay, the whatever else needs to be done, like technically doesn't need to be done. But the things that do need to be done in order for you to put your mind at rest at night, do those first. Then if you have time or energy, start tackling the rest. And if not, totally cool. Go to your like nighttime routine, get in bed and go to sleep and have a new fresh day tomorrow where you can try again. And so that has been another good thing for me in the moments that I'm like overwhelmed times two to the max. Um, I just pick two things. I just hinted at this, but this is another one. You can always start over, okay? Like, if you had a hard moment, if you had a hard day, if you, I don't know, like, left a voicemail and you're like, oh, dang, I don't like that voicemail. Like, you can always start over. You can always just take a deep breath, apologize, catch yourself, be like, I'm sorry, I'm having a human moment. Let me try that again. Whether it's with people or if it's internally, too. I have had to give myself so much grace recently in these postpartum days. They call this the fourth trimester, which is the three fresh months after you've given birth. And it's true just because I'm needing to be more kind to myself, my mind, my body, my babies, my husband, like everybody, everything. And I have had to remind myself over and over again, like I can't, I'm allowed to start over. <laughs> like if we are going on a walk and it's just not going well and we forgot the snacks and people are sad or hungry or tired, I'm like, you know what? Let's just go home. Like we can try this again. We can try it again later. You don't have to make something happen or work. If you have a meeting, you are allowed to ask yourself and other people for grace. Be like, guys, I, I, of course, like, I feel like I'm extending myself by asking this, but I just need to have a human moment with you. It's kind of like the wording that I use. Like, I am not feeling, I, I'm not feeling like I can show up hundred percent and I get it. If this needs to happen, I can rally. I can pull myself together, but because I deserve and you deserve the best of me, can we reschedule this? You know, like it's always okay to start over. And I just think that we get so wrapped up in like, what are people going to think? And I don't want to let anybody down and people pleasing that we forget that like we're, we can't pour from an empty cup. So it's so true. If this is something that you are, I feel like, you know, struggling with, wrestling with, however you want to put it, I want to recommend a really cool episode to you. It's a conversation I have with Karen Eman. She wrote a book all about people pleasing and we had a conversation all about people pleasing. I'm going to link it in the show notes for you to go back and listen to because it will blow your actual mind that people pleasing is actually not humble. It's prideful. It's because you care so much about what people are going to think about you that you're afraid to put yourself out on the line. And I say that out of love, <laughs> all only all love, but you are allowed to start over. And that is actually one of the most humble things to do is admit your flaw, admit your defeat, admit that you don't have anything else left in the tank and ask for help, forgiveness, a restart or whatever it looks like from you or anybody else. And we all deserve that version of us. And we all deserve those kind of people in our life. If you're one of the people that have something hard, so this is like our number four. If you are one of the people that have something hard show up every single day for you, I want to ask you a question. Have you taken a step back and looked at what is hard and then maybe why? 
it's so difficult for you. Um, like, for example, getting out the door can be really hard for me slash us and our family. And every day, like I find myself getting stressed or anxious or whatever when it's time to get out the door. And I've had to take a second just to stop, rewind, back up, be like, okay, every time we get out the door, like someone has a meltdown, I get frustrated. I feel like I'm on the edge of myself. (laughs) So like, what is it? What is it? And it's typically a lack of being prepared, like a lack of preparation. And so in those moments that you find things extremely difficult or you find the pattern of hard repeating throughout your day, I want you just to take a second, pause, step back, take inventory over what's happening. And for us, I'll go back to that example of getting out the door. Um, Like diapers have to be changed. Shoes have to be put on. People forget snacks, yada, yada, yada. So what can I do to help my future self in those moments? Maybe it's keeping, we have like a cute little like entry table. Maybe it's keeping socks and shoes in a basket under that table. So it's all right by the door. Maybe it's keeping snacks in the glove compartment in the car so that I always know they are right there. Maybe it's like, going ahead and putting the coffee in the diaper bag in the car while the kids are occupied and safe and then coming back inside and getting them instead of trying to lug everything out the door at once. So just in those moments, thinking through why am I stressed? What makes me so stressed? And like, how can I help myself out in the future has been game changing for me. Like nighttime routine. Okay. Like what can I do in the middle of the night when I'm nursing at 3 a.m.? Like what is it that might make that harder than it should be? Okay, I'm thirsty. Let me make sure I have water up there. Let me make sure I have snacks up there in case I get hungry. Do I have maybe a change of shirt if I leak through? Ha ha, you get it. Like, do I have things set up for my success down the road waiting for me instead of being in that moment needing help and not being able to like think clearly because there's already a stress in that part of my life? I hope this is helping you because it has like, it has brought me so much clarity with different things just by choosing these mind shifts. And the last one, but probably one of my favorites, is a bad five minutes doesn't make a bad day. This is a new one for me. Like, not a new, I mean, not a new idea necessarily, because we all know this, right? But if we actually leaned in and got uncomfortable and thought through this for a second, like, there are moments that are stinking the worst. Like, I don't know how else to say it. They just, they're just like S-U-C-K. They're just actually the worst. And it could be anything from spilt milk to getting a really bad phone call and being told some really hard news. And yes, like there is a scale, there's a spectrum. And I want to honor the people that have dealt with grief that that is a bad day. That is a bad day that I'm sure you would trade back in history. But I would hate for us to be so overwhelmed with the small stuff and call it a bad day because we sweat the small stuff. So a bad five minutes. Let's talk about that for a second. Let's say you woke up and you just got like a snarky email and you're like, what the heck? And it puts just like this weird spirit throughout the rest of your day where you just can't kick it. Like frustrated, irritable, (laughs) nothing is like really making you feel better because of those first like five minutes of your day. Dang, that's so sad, right? Like the whole day you like, I hate to say was ruined, but like really was kind of wasted on those on those five minutes. Another example, let's say you burnt your toast 
That's so frustrating. Oh my goodness, you were really looking forward to the avocado toast. You had one more slice of bread left and you burn it in the toaster because you got distracted with something else that happened in life. And oh man, you're so frustrated. Now you're getting out the door. And I've said this so many times, but you steer where you stare. So if you're having a bad day and you're like, dang, this sucks. This is the worst, but whatever. Like things are probably going to be the worst for the rest of the day because that's where you're looking. That's where you've shifted your eyes. But when we set our gaze on Jesus, like things can get so much better, so much more quickly. We realize we get a second, third, fourth, thousandth chance to do this over again. Going back to our other mindset, you can always start over. Okay, so you burnt the toast. Shoot, now you have a reason to go through the Chick-fil-A drive-thru and get yourself a chicken biscuit. Do you see what I mean? Like shift it a little bit. So I don't want five bad minutes to ruin your day and for it to be deemed as like, oh, that's a bad day. So I just, yeah, these are things that have been encouraging me that have brought me so much like life and freedom and a lot of it's biblical too. And I'm not going to go into all that because I want these to just kind of marinate with you for a moment. I might even link some different scriptures you can read in the show notes if that's your style and you want to dive in deeper with like the biblical context of all of this. But like starting over, his mercies are new for us every morning. We get a fresh start whenever we want. We can take up our cross daily. We're told to do that. So what does it look like for every day to choose to show up? Um, We've been told that where there is no like direction and there's no vision that people will perish. So what does it look like to set yourself up for success in the future so that you're prepared and ready when something happens or when you need to celebrate or whatever? Like, do you have, do you have it set up? Um, one thing at a time. We're told literally like from the roots of scripture, like one thing at a time. God didn't just snap and the whole world was created. No, no, no. In the beginning, he first said, let there be light. Then he separated the land from the sea. Then he separated all the things and created all the things one at a time. He also did it in priority order. Like what comes first? What has to come first for the rest to to be able to function and thrive? Like what, what kind of order are we talking about here? Because he is a God of order and not of chaos. So when you feel like your life is getting a little chaotic, just know that although that's normal, that doesn't necessarily have to be it. There's always more. There is exceedingly abundantly more, all that we could ever ask or imagine, Ephesians 3.20 tells us. And so in that, how can we rest with the Holy Spirit, walk hand in hand with Jesus, do our days in and out with him and claim these truths and freedoms and truly shift our minds and our gaze to our Heavenly Father to help us? Because life on earth is hard. It's promised to be hard, that it's going to bring trials and it's going to, it's going to bring a lot of hard things, but like, how can we set up ourselves and our minds and our life for order, for truth, to be able to lean in, um, to have strength when we feel like we have none or when life hits us hard or logistics just get crazy. So I hope this encouraged you today. I hope you're walking away with at least one thing that you can practically apply to today. I don't know what that is, but text a friend, ask them to keep you accountable. Or send this episode to your friend and y'all can do it together. Be like, hey, let's choose these mind shifts right now because they are worth it. They will change the game for us. Work smarter, not harder, my friends. That is like one of the things in the Autry household. I'm like, work smarter, not harder. So we can divide, conquer, do one thing at a time. Choose two things to prioritize that need to get done for you to be able to rest well at night. You can always start over. Remember that. You can always start over. Figure out what your heart is and find ways to work around it and set yourself up for success. And a bad five minutes doesn't make a bad day. 
I want to remind you that I'm here for you and I'm so thankful that you showed up today and listened and tuned in. And I hope that this was helpful for you. If you want to hop in my inbox, I would love that. You can email me at rachel at rachelautry.com or you can message me on Instagram at rachel.autry and I would love to hear what's going on in your life, pray for you, answer any question that you might have. Just want to be a resource and a pal online, even if we're separated by location, give big virtual hugs. And if you are loving this podcast, it would mean the most to me if you would go ahead and leave a five-star review on whatever platform that you're listening on. This is the best way to support us and team Behind the Bliss. One, we love to hear what you think, but number two, it's a great way to start rating on different podcast platforms to hit charts and that way reach more people. Not because it's about us, but I want to bring these messages to as many girls, help as many sisters as we can encourage them, inspire them, champion them on and invite them into our community. So if you're loving this, chances are other people in your life and other girls you don't even know might too. So the best way is to one, share this podcast with your friends, but then number two, go ahead and leave that five-star review. Thank you so much in advance. (laughs) We're so grateful for you. Next week, I'm so excited because we have Emily, our marketing director, coming on to share with us all things baby. She's actually preparing to give birth to her two girls. Yeah, you you heard that right. She's having twins. Crazy. So fun and so wild. So we're going to be sharing all about that, how she's preparing different baby products that we absolutely love and bringing some new segments to the show that I think you guys are going to freak out about. They are just a blast. And like I said, there's a lot of fun things coming to the show that I want to keep you updated on. So just a reminder, head over to Instagram and subscribe so that you get that insider content, all the extra stuff. You guys are the best and I hope you have the best rest of your week. Emily and I will see you next time. This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.